Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify the voices of those stories that are moving and meaningful and compelling. And I'm super excited to have someone on the show today I met through LinkedIn. Her name is Claudia Clark. So welcome to the show, Claudia. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. You're very interesting. Your work is amazing. Um, And your name is pretty cool too. So Claudia is my middle name. (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, I am, I was born and raised in Michigan, uh, but I lived from the last thing I did in Michigan was I, my husband and I were married and then we moved to California, the San Francisco Bay area, where we lived until 2017. And then we, uh, we moved to Germany. I have um, multiple degrees. I, uh, I focus on uh, progressive um, politics and in campaigns, and I, 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 was a, I worked as a community organizer. I, um, I have a history degree in women's issues, and um, basically anything helping the middle class people uh, get people raise people to the middle class. Wow! And, so let me just was, say, you're my hero because, um, well, first of all, I live in the Bay Area, right? Second of all, I too am a progressive. Third of all, I've spent my life and my life's work lifting women and fighting for equity in the workplace and representing the uh, unheard voice of the middle class. So I love everything about you so far and not just the name. Um, I'm super excited to be connected. I think there are other things that uh, we could do together. And I'm going to talk to you later about those. It's, it's like my brain is spinning. My wheels are turning. I'm very excited. So what brought you to Germany? Well, that's that's really a long story. Uh, my my uncle, when I was growing up, was stationed in Germany, and we, when I was 17, uh, 1990, right after the Berlin Wall had fallen, we, my mom and stepdad and friend and, and I came and visited, and I fell in love and just said one day I I'm gonna live here, nice. and. And, you know, for a variety of reasons that one day, initially it was going to be when we were retired. And then for a variety of reasons, the opportunity struck in 2017. So we just, my husband and I just said, why not? Let's just do it. Well, I've been there and in the parts, the few parts that I've seen are absolutely remarkable and beautiful. And I have friends there and they're wonderful. So I'm so glad you get this opportunity to expand your already global worldview. Um, It's really terrific. Being a, a history, uh, you know, a, a, an expert in history, I'm sure you know a lot about Germany. And my friends who are young, um, who live and come from there, talk to me about um, the importance of not being nationalistic. And they're watching mm-hmm. the United States go through this this transformation. It's almost like the, um, I don't know, spoiled toddler phase, right? So, you know, Europe is so much older than the United States. We're still in that spoiled toddler phase now. Um, when my kid was a toddler, I would reprimand him when he behaved badly like we have been. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see they, they can't even imagine how we could fly our flags off of our, you know, trucks and homes. Right. And, you know, it's very different, very different. So it is interesting. It is. Yeah. It very is. interesting. It, it, 
it's ahead. interesting because just recently they uh, the one time that the Germans will fly their flag is during the the World Cup and during the during the yeah. soccer games. And so it was, you know, and that just happened a few a few weeks ago. And and literally in the in the I don't know three or four weeks maybe during that I saw more German flags than I saw the entire almost four years we've been here. Yeah. So yeah, it is it is quite different. It is. And it's such an interesting discussion to have around why. And um, my discussion was with people who are far younger than I, and that was extreme, that, that made it even more interesting. Right. So that, Mm -hmm. um, that has carried through. And my husband and I were looking at the Olympic, watching the Olympics last night. We were talking about that too, how the, you know, tribalism obviously comes out in sporting events and um, you know, a lot of, team herd mentality group think you know you want to cheer your team on and I brought that up last night so funny that you're on the show today we're talking about this um (laughs) yeah let me ask you something what do you do right now in Germany right now I am I have just finished uh writing a book that will that is in the process of being published so I'm, I'm spending a lot of my time working on on that, doing marketing and promoting for the book. And I'm doing that in between uh, taking German classes because I don't speak the language very fluently. And we just moved, not even, just a little over a month ago from Southern Germany in Bavaria to Berlin. So I'm in the process of kind of um, getting myself situated in a new environment. So Wow. That is taking, yeah, that's taking quite a bit of time. And then once once we're situated, I'll start looking at different ways I can get involved in, in the community here. Well, you're so. in the hotbed of politics, and I know that you're passionate about that. Yeah. Uh, I can tell well, by, the, yeah. by the book you wrote. And we're going to talk about the book. I'm going to do everything I can to help you promote the book. First of all, I'm a fan of Barack Obama. Um, second of all, I supported him in his run against Romney. Um, third of all, my husband used to work for him. So I would love to do whatever I can. Yeah. To um, promote your book and to get people all over the globe to read it. I know it's in German and in English. Uh, Maybe it'll get translated into other languages and make it across the globe. So that would be phenomenal. Um, That's that's my hope. I'll help you where I, wherever (laughs) I can, I will help you do that. You're remarkable. Um, Would this be your proudest professional accomplishment to date? It is. I've done it professionally for myself. Yes, it is. I um, previously I've worked on progressive causes and I was in when I worked in San Francisco area, I was a campaign manager for a South San Francisco um, school bond measure campaign that passed overwhelmingly. And for the community, that was my biggest my proudest achievement but th- but for me personally this book is definitely my biggest achievement um Claudia I have to ask you something did you just say the city of South San Francisco mm-hmm. oh my gosh okay guess where I live you live in South City I do and guess what my husband does is he the mayor He's the city manager of South San Francisco. I had no okay. idea. This is so crazy. Um, he doesn't have the same. <laughs> I know all those folks. I know all of the school board. I know, I mean, I know that the city doesn't run the schools. It's a separate, um, but they work collaboratively on many issues. 
Um, yeah, I know all those folks. Maurice Goodman, who's moved on to the San Mateo um, County College, you know, community college uh, work and Pat Murray and, and all those folks, but that, that's the school side. Michael is the um, CEO of the city. So I wonder, I mean, actually you were here when, you know, 2017, we were here. Yeah, that campaign was 2010. So right. I think we Kevin, were... Mullen, Kevin Mullen was, was mayor at the time. Or Kevin was... is a good friend. Kevin is speaker pro Tim. I think he's turned yeah. it out. Um, but yeah, that is such a small world. Jackie Spears <laughs> from here. She was on uh, CNN yesterday. Um, what an incredibly small world. And I, I look forward to staying connected and seeing how we can uh, bring more open-mindedness with logic and reason uh, accompanied with compassion and kindness to the voters, right? So, you know, what a crazy coincidence. Um, well, let me ask you, did you have a mentor throughout your life? Who inspired you? I, I would have to say throughout my life, I would probably, I would have to say my mom. I'm, I come from a fourth, I'm the fourth generation of political activists in my family. My, my great grandmother marched for, um, for women's suffrage. My grandfather was a union shop steward in Michigan and my mom, from the time I was, you know, she she joined the Peace Corps because she was a very, very gifted linguist. And then from the time I was, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, she had me out in the streets uh, marching and protesting for, for women's rights. And I, I've been a feminist since I was five years old because my mom kind of instilled that in me. So, you know, she was a single mother, um, you know, she, she and raised me pretty much on her own. And wow. she, she was, she instilled, not only did she instill progressive and humane values, but she had the patience for my causes from, yeah. from the time <laughs> I was, you know, from the time I was young, I, I, I wouldn't go to the, I wouldn't buy a certain brand of tuna fish because it wasn't dolphin safe. And I remember one time I dragged her to 17 different stores because I wanted a, a windbreaker and I wanted one that was made in the United States and not a developing country. And bless her heart, my mom took, took me to 17 different stores without complaining. So she, she instilled the values and she, she practiced what she preached and she installed that I, and she wow. made sure that I did that as well. That's amazing. So a, a little activist on our hands. That's you were you were a Greta before Greta was a Greta. <laughs> yeah, awesome. but nowhere near. Well, yeah, she's, she's she's a remarkable outlier, right? So, um, but that's amazing. Everybody should have a little bit of you and a little bit of Greta in them. Um, I want to hear more about that offline. I have a feeling we'll connect and stay connected. Um, let me ask you this: I'm sure that with your activism around equity for gender equity for men and women. Do you have any thoughts about how we can help other women in business or lift each other and, and break through some of this, what I call um, old white leaders, old white lawyers, old white owls, you know, the owls, they think they're wise, but the system was written in their language. So they don't realize that, Hey, I don't speak white male. I don't speak your language. Help right. me navigate. Um, or let's think, crash the operating system. How do you think? I think, you I think the first thing women need to do is they need to stop pitting one each other against one one another, yes. and they need to 
they need to start supporting one another. Uh, it really breaks my heart when I see women, women jealous of other women who succeeded. And I think we need to convince people that a win for, for one woman or one, one group is a, is a win for women across the, the world. Or, I agree. And I think that that is the first, I think, and most important thing that we need to do. But I also think that we need to support women in other ways. You know, if a woman wants to be a truck driver, so be it, encourage her to be a truck driver. She doesn't have to be a teacher or a secretary. You know, my best friend in college was a plumber. That's how she paid for college. And I thought, you know, that is the coolest thing. And instead of ridiculing her, encourage them to do things like that. You know, if a woman opens a business and you, it's not something that you personally like, you know, for example, if it's an arts and craft shop, you promote them anyway, help them in other ways. If you can do book, if you're good at bookkeeping, do the bookkeeping for them, you know, promote it, go within your social media. If, if there are women's yeah. organizations or women's businesses that where there's a man's or a man has the same business, but a, another woman owns it, but it's 10 minutes away, take the extra 10 minutes and go and support, support a woman's Buy from women. Yeah, exactly. And a little of that goes a long way. It does. It does. I agree with you. Hire women, uh, your dentist, your doctor, your, yeah, exactly. I'm with you. We have so much to talk about, ladies. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you, it hasn't always been easy. I'm sure um, even just moving, even good things in our lives can be challenging, but has there been a challenge or a setback even that you've overcome? And if you're willing to share, how did you overcome it? Sure. Um, I, it, it, this is hard for me to, to talk about, but I have four college degrees. Three of them are, are master's degrees. And I, for the longest time, I, I could not work because I have uh, chronic migraines and they're very, very unpredictable. And they're very, it's, it's very, I never know when one is going to hit and never know how long an attack is going to last. And it made it very difficult for, you know, as a, as a feminist, I hated having to live off of my husband. And, and, and I had to because there was just no way I could work. And for, for many years, I, I was afraid that I was going to, this was just going to be my life. But um, the one thing, I think the best thing about this book was that it provided, it was the inspiration. It gave me, for the first time in 10 years, it gave me a meaning, a reason to live. Yeah, I want to talk about the book. So first of all, where did you come up with the idea for the book? Second of all, how did you do your research? Third of all, what is the, without giving it away, because of course I want people to buy your book. What, a, what is the big takeaway or maybe top two takeaways? So talk about the okay. book a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's, it's rather a long story how I, um, how I came to write the book. And I talk about that at the, in the very beginning, but the, the cliff note version, I, I happened to be watching uh, President Obama and Angela Merkel's last press conference together. This was November, 2016. So post post-election. And I was surprised it just, I was just taken by how visibly upset uh, Angela Merkel was when people kept saying, you know, this is gonna be your last work, your last time together. And I I was really just amazed at just how emotional the, both of them were. And I remembered 
through, through um, my studies that books had been written about um, different world leaders in the relationship, like Winston Churchill and FDR and um, Nancy Reagan, or not Nancy Reagan, um, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, that people had written books about their relationships. So I thought, okay, well, maybe there's something to it. And then I, when I realized that we were going to move to Germany, I knew that I needed to do something. And my German skills lacking like they are, I knew I couldn't, it would be unreasonable to expect a real good job in Germany, not speaking German. So I thought this book was something that I could do. It was interesting. I thought there was, there would be an audience for it and it would be something that would, it wouldn't interfere with my German, learning German or my inability to speak German. So I, um, what I did is we, when we, I made the decision to write the book while we were in transit kind of, it was six months from when we decided we were going to do it until when, when we were on the other side of the ocean. Um, and so I started my research. Um, I did, my, my mom and many, many of her friends were librarians. So I hate to say this now, but I did all my research online. Um, I did not step foot in a library. I'm sorry, I apologize, but that's just kind of the, the status of research in the 21st century. But I found books, you know, I, I bought books on Merkel and Obama that I used for primary sources to get back on information on them. And then most of my research was, I watched footage of them, press conferences. I, uh, A lot of interaction analysis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what I would do is I would use that and then I would look at newspaper articles on both sides of the Atlantic. So I would see what when President Obama was in Germany, what were the, the international newspapers saying about it, as well as the American newspapers. And then I would kind of analyze. Super smart. Um, do you have your PhD? I'm asking because, you know, it's no, a, no, I, that, I that work in and of itself is a dissertation. And that's incredible. Um, I want to say one quick thing. Um, about your book, shoot, it just, you know, I'm blown away. Well, I'm still stuck on the amazing fact that of all the places in the world, you happen to be from the place where I live, right? I said the Bay Area and you said South San Francisco. I'm like, wait, there's someone who knows the name of the city. It's not just, you know, <laughs> so I'm so impressed by you and proud of you and excited about the book. Um, what a great endeavor right? To think about their relationship. I mean, we, we look at, we, we, especially from, you know, a gender equity perspective, like you can right. see a lot of world leaders who are, who are men who relate, yeah. right? Well, but, and, and yeah. And, and I, I argue this in the book that Merkel was used to world leaders, Putin in particular, but other men that didn't take her seriously because she was a woman or they underestimated her or and Obama was because he's insane <laughs> well, well yeah well we know that um <laughs> but well and he hated strong intellectual women and and Obama was exact opposite he really really respected Merkel because she was so smart and if you look at it, Michelle Obama next to Hillary Clinton was the most educated first lady, one of the first um, educated first ladies in history. Yeah. Obama, rather than fearing strong and independent women, he- um, Embraced them and encouraged them and- Exactly. Yeah. 
And so that and was in Michelle's that was, case, he bows down to her. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, <Yeah>. I. <laughs> right, and, and Lisa. So and that was a, a much needed change. You know, Marco was not used to that. And so I, you know, I, I think that that was a large part of, of the relationship. And another part was that that Marco coming from the former East Germany, he o, Obama really, really respected the fact that how someone came from a former yeah. communist dictatorship to becoming the a chancellor of a free and united Germany. He really respected how how she she did that. Yeah, I bet they were both crying because they were going to miss each other and and had an inkling of what was to come in the next administration. One of the main reasons I decided to write this book was I I found out later when I was I was going back and forth. Do I write the book? Is there enough material? Is there not enough material? And then I, I read in part of my pre research um, that Miracle actually cried when she said, oh, she said uh, goodbye to Obama for the final time. Sure. Which, if, and if you know- I cried Miracle, too. <laughs> yeah, we all did. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, and I remember watching, I remember watching that press conference and my husband was, was sitting there with me and I was just like, oh my God, Miracle looks like she's about to cry. And, and my husband looks up from his laptop and he looks at her and he's like, she isn't the only one. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, and, and so there was that component. And then there was a component that the very, very last person President Obama called before he left office. So on January 19th, the day before the dreaded day, uh, the day very last- The dreaded. <laughs> the day before the dreaded, I love it. It's true. He, he, yeah. he called Chancellor Merkel, the very last person he talked to before he left office. So I think, you know, that alone, I think says a lot about about the nature of their relationship. Awesome. He's a, he's a great person, but it's nice that you let us know more about her. Like I didn't know a lot about her. I mean, I respected her. I knew just, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew what, um, you know, my trusted news sources provide and I do check news sources, not just, well, you know, what's interesting. The thing I found the most interesting is the people that I do one chapter on their biographies simply because we have the first woman chancellor of Germany, the first African or first African-American or black president. And those in of, of themselves are, are unique, but they also, yeah. their rise to power was very, very, very sudden. So I do one chapter on, on their, their biographies. And it, it is interesting because more people, more people have told me that they that they find Miracle's story more fascinating than President Obama's. And I don't know if it's because we all know so much about President Obama that there isn't much we don't know about him, whereas a lot of the stuff about Miracle is new to, to a lot of people. But I found that really fascinating that I haven't met one person that actually said that they like the Obama portion of, of that chapter better. Well, I think that being that we are Americans, we're more familiar with our leader than we are with mm-hmm. another country's leader. I, yeah. Also, the women issue, you know, I'm, it's impressive to see a woman rise to power. And then, like you mentioned earlier, from whence she came, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. interesting. I can't wait to buy the book. If people want to know more about you and the book, how can they reach you? There are many ways you can reach me. Uh, my website is probably the best, and that is claudiaclarkauthor.com. Nice. Very but, nice. Are but you, you can also... Go ahead. 
I was going to say, you can also reach me on LinkedIn. You can reach me You can on Twitter or Instagram. The only Claudia Clark author is, is my handle for most social media. Uh, the only difference is Instagram is Claudia Clark author 73. All right. Well, you know, what we'll do is so that folks don't have to remember this or if they didn't get a chance to jot it down when they hear it, that we'll put that in the blog that I write about you. That'll come out in about two weeks and we'll have all your contact information on the blog. I'll share it on my website, post it to LinkedIn, tag you, and you can reshare it. Sounds so. good. And then I will do what I can to promote you. Oh, and I'm I good. So this podcast. I don't like social media. <laughs> yeah, you're so nice. Um, I actually own two companies, but um, this podcast is not what I do for a living. It's just something I do for a giving. It's the way I... Um, fight for equity in the workplace. And I give back to women in the workplace and just amplifying their voices and sharing their stories. So that is my that pleasure. Is, that is amazing. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, it's interesting is that I started out in HR and I left HR for one of the reasons I left HR was because I was asked to do things that like fire women because they were pregnant. And I saw the way. Oh all right, and, we should and, have and another so, call. Um, I cannot so, wait. You and I are going to schedule a Zoom call to chat one on one because you're now you're talking about that's <laughs> so my my other company focuses on that specifically those those types of issues. So I'd love to hear more and share so, more. But for now, let's say our goodbyes, and I look forward to scheduling time on the calendar just to chat one on one. You're fascinating, and I'm. You, you know, um, you're making me South City proud. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, folks, have a good day. And Claudia, thank you for being here. Thank you.